0: Welcome to the Beware the Moon podcast. My name is Hannah. I'm the host of this podcast. Sorry for the abrupt introduction. Usually there's a little bit of a sound clip there, um, but uh, again, I have switched computers. Uh, It's been a hot second since I've done a recorded episode of the podcast. Last episode of the podcast I did on The Late Show with Sophomore John over on Rumble. I'll leave a link for that in the description. Check that out. It was in regards to The Pope's Exorcist, which was... uh, fascinating movie if nothing else um so yeah uh again sorry (laughs) sorry for just the abrupt introduction we're probably gonna have an abrupt outro as well unfortunately I just couldn't be bothered to look for five hours for a sound clip that I liked that I wouldn't have to put like 15 lines of nonsense and copyright shit in for at the end so that out of the way we are going to be talking today about vhs 99 which came out in 2022 on imdb it's got a 5 out of 10 on rotten tomatoes it's got a 74 percent, which i suppose sounds not great um but actually there are several vhs films there's vhs vhs2 vhs viral VHS 94, which has the best rating out of all of them, and then VHS 99. Like I said, we're going to be talking about 99 today, Um, but for those of you who don't know the VHS series, they are horror anthology series, Um, so it's filmed like found footage, Um, and there's always, so it's kind of like, um, there's like this overarching theme for each of the films. And by that I mean there's a framework sort of video that gets chunked up in between all the other segments. Um, and that kind of sets the tone, You should I would say, for the film itself. Um, the, the overarching theme of these movies is that there are these VHS tapes and usually, usually uh, the interjecting framework film has something to do with these people finding this, uh, these tapes. So in VHS one, it's these kids. They go to this house and they're looking at these tapes. VHS two, it's this private investigator and his girlfriend. They go to this house and find these tapes. Uh, VHS viral, it's that these tapes are being uploaded on the internet, making people very violent. Uh, VHS ninety five, um, it's a SWAT team of some sort going in and finding all you know, a crime scene, essentially, with all these VHS tapes. This one does not have that, um, which is honestly kind of disappointing. Um, I really, it's been a while since I've seen the first three VHS films, um, and VHS 1 was probably my favorite out of them. Um, Unfortunately, though, VHS 1 is probably the most sexually exploitive, um, and maybe that was that sounds horrible. Maybe that was why it's my favorite, just because it, it disturbed me so much more than uh, this this one, or Viral, or uh, VHS 2. But they are all um, they all have some very serious segments, and then they have some that are a little goofy. I would say definitely the tone of the first three is different than the tone of these few that are being produced by Shudder, which is not a bad thing at all. Uh, VHS 1, like I said, the most sexually exploitative um it's very disturbing. Uh VHS 2 also has some very scary elements to it. VHS Viral has some uh very terrifying um ideas to it. Um and then VHS 95 has some I mean they all have some very terrifying uh idea ideas. But um yeah, I think 99 is probably the least horrifying out of all of them. Uh it's it's more of um Just kind of like horror movie goofy fun. Um, So, if you're into some horror goofing, um, I would definitely check this out. Um, So, other than that, I don't think that there's any... There's not really any... For This one particularly, I don't think that there's any trigger warnings. I know that one of these segments is called the Gawkers, and so they they've kind of installed um, a webcam in their a hot neighbor's house so they can watch her undress, sort of a thing. But other than that, I don't think that there's much. Um, yeah, they're and like I said, they're not really scary. They're just these ones are just good, goofy horror fun. And I'm very excited for VHS. I think it's 88 that's coming out next month on Shudder. So that's very exciting to me as well. Um, I, I personally enjoy all of the VHS films. I think they're all really great horror anthologies. I like them better than uh, Tales from the Dark Side or Trick or Treat. Um, which may be that some of you that might give me cred. Some of you that might take cred from me. Um, but I do just like the ideas in them. And I like that in VHS, it's all someone different filming each segment. So everybody has a different background, a different personal history, a different perspective. And um, it, it just makes the VHS films, I think, a lot more interesting and a lot more fun. It's not a, a lot of the same American bullshit rehash. You're getting all kinds of different stuff going on. So um, for this one in particular, we've got five segments. The first one's called Shredding. Second is called Suicide Bid third is called Ozzy's Dungeon, the fourth is called The Gawkers, and the fifth one is called To Hell and Back. Shredding has got a punk rock aesthetic. I laughed out loud at that one, which the environment was lighter, um, just so I could see better, Uh, but there's some great looking stuff, and I very much enjoyed that one. If it's the one I'm thinking of, so it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, Oh yeah, that's, this is my, one of my favorite segments uh, in VHS history. Um, this one is just, it's so much fun to me. I love this one. Um, and this one has some very horrifying looking shit going on, so highly recommend watching this one Uh, suicide bid is probably the most distressing and made me genuinely sad Um, there's some bullying going on it's very claustrophobic so if you're claustrophobic this one's gonna upset you and like I said it's just kind of the most disturbing out of all of these in my opinion Um, because yeah you get some bullying and shredding but like they're kind of they're friends so they're just kind of fucking with each other and taking it a little too far whereas in this one they're just out and out bullying someone um, so that's the second one. The third one is Ozzy's Dungeon. This one, this one just, I, it was a, a big miss for me. Um, I think this is the weakest segment out of all of them in this film. Um, in my personal opinion, it's not really scary. The game show stuff goes on too long. Um, but I will say they've got that 90 kids game show aesthetic down really well in this. And the ending is fun. Uh, I just don't think that it, it it, it's so I don't know to me it's just so very bland and so very uh cut and dry we're rehashing every torture porn it's just so stupid uh in my opinion uh and it's not that it's not well acted or you know anything like that it's just most of it is just I I wanted more of what the ending scene was for this one uh the gawkers not scary and very fucked up morally but still a lot of fun to watch um these kids are really funny um there's one line that absolutely killed me uh and it's not strong horror but it, it's a really cool concept and i liked that they were trying something different and to Helen back is the strongest bit overall you get some very genuinely spooky shit you've got fun characters you've got a really cool concept and they saved it for last because this one character in this segment steals the whole damn movie If you've seen this movie, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Maybe you liked her. Maybe you disliked her. I think she's fucking phenomenal. I loved her in... um, Shudder came out with a movie. um, I think it's called Stream. um, And she's in that one as well. She's a really good character actor. And she's just a lot of fun to watch in this particular segment. So that's your non-spoilery review of VHS 99. Uh, Again, I would definitely recommend overall, it's not always scary, but it's fun, and it's got some really neat concepts in there. It's an hour and 49 minutes, approximately, and I think it's another good addition to the VHS franchise. Um, I think it's definitely one of the stronger additions to the VHS franchise, with the exception of Ozzy's Dungeon, and again... You can like that segment. That's fine. Any, you know, and the creators, it's not that they did a bad job. It's just, I don't think it's very strong conceptually or, and, and the way it plays out is not very strong horror. Uh, so we're getting into spoilers. Um, so our overarching framework story, like I said, is not like the other VHS films where you've got um, people dealing with finding these VHS films. Instead, you've got someone filming these weird little like figurines not action figures they're just figurines um and it's like these army dudes and it's just so ridiculous like it's a lot of fun and it it definitely throws the tone off from it, it sets the tone apart I should say from the other VHS films because the other VHS films are a little bit more serious whereas this one is definitely more goofy and I'm okay with that. Um, I like some goofiness to my horror. I think having laughs kind of... Having that juxtaposition where you're laughing in one segment and then you're scared to death in the next is kind of cool. Or you're laughing in one segment and then you see something absolutely horrifying. I think that... I mean, it's dark humor and I like it. Um, so we, we get this army do segment and then we go straight to the first one, which is called Shredding. Um and it starts with this vhs recording of just shit and it's shit the shit is rack r a c k which stands for Rochelle Anker Chris and Caleb with a k and they're just a bunch of dumb punk teens like they're going around doing dumb punk stuff they're breaking things they're acting goofy they're just doing things that they think makes them the cool kids and it's so funny to me because like yeah and it's definitely worth mentioning that the reason they call themselves Rack, first of all, it's just stupid punk stuff and stupid teenager stuff. But also that's the name of their band because they are a punk rock band. And I love the music in this segment. Um, I would generally, genuinely listen to Rack and then the other band that plays music in this segment is called Bitch Cat, which is fucking awesome. Um, they have turtles in this segment and go turtles. Um, so the setup is... Uh, you get this spooky story about this band called Bitch Cat, which are these three females who, um, I think it's three. It's been a while. Hang on. Let me fact check myself. Good thing I fact checked because I'm a fucking liar. It's four. There are four members to this group, Bitch Cat. Um, they were up and coming... Punk rock stars. One of them has a mohawk. They're very punk rock. Um, and I genuinely like their music. Um, like I said, I would definitely listen to it. I want to know who does the music for this segment because like it fucking rocks. Whoever did it, shout out to you. Um so the spooky story is that this band was doing this concert in a place called Colony Underground. It's called Colony Underground because it's literally underground. Um And the stage caught fire the night they were doing it, and uh, they were the only ones who didn't escape. By they, I mean the band. So um, after that, Colony Underground was shut down, and no one goes in there because it's supposedly super fucking haunted by Bitch Cat. And RIP Bitch Cat, we miss you. I miss you. I wish you were. Um, so then we get, like, this cool, and the setup, I think, is explained a little bit by Rachel, maybe a little bit by Chris or Caleb, I can't remember, but, um, they, I think Rachel's the one who does the overarching, but they, um, we get a cool reel of Bitch Cat from, like, back in the day, and they're so fucking punk, I love them so much, um, and they're talking about, like, yeah, being punk rock is so great, it's like partying with Mosh Pit every day, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, they do this chant before they start, like, their concerts where they're, like, huddled and they start, like, jumping a little bit back and forth and they're like, play or die, play or die. That shit's a ritual. So they explain all this to the band and basically their plan is that they're gonna, on the anniversary of the Bitch Cat Fire and the Bitch Cat Band's death, Rack is planning on breaking into Colony Underground, which, as I said, has been closed since. Um, and they're going to play a show on stage. Um, and Anker is not cool with this. So Ankur is very kind of superstitious, you should say. Um, and he has some religious belief. I believe it's Hindu uh, when I looked it up. And his name is Hindu as well. Um, but he is, he's not vibing with this plan at all. Um, and they are so mean to him, like, it's just be mean to Anker Hours, like, from here on out, like, it's so horrible, and he explains why he's scared, you know, he's like, we, we, they're spirits, you know, we, we don't want to fuck with that, like, that's bad Juju, like, that's not nice, like, they're gonna come after us, like, we cannot just fuck with the spirits, and they're like, you're being ridiculous, you know, um, and it's so sad because, like, they- the way they get him to, like- the they convince him to, like, talk about why he's freaking out and his religion and his beliefs and stuff is so, like- they literally trick it out of him and then they immediately go back to being uh, assholes to him. Like I said, it's just being mean to Anker Hours. Like, they're like, hey- you can talk to us like it's all cool kind of shit and then the second he does they're like what a fucking idiot you're like damn son get better friends um but they literally break into this place and it's so fucking dark like i said i'd like it to be lighter i get why it wasn't you know these are not very high budget shorts i mean you're not going to spend a million trillion dollars on you know a 15 20 minute segment but uh it's just so dark we get this cool little bitch cat shrine um and they are so fucking disrespectful not Anker, but the rest of the crew they're they're just fucking disrespectful like the little shrine they're like taking the little like cats that they have on it and they're like making them fuck it's it's just it's fucking horrible and they're like fuck these bitches and stuff like that they're just they're just horrible um so they all get on stage and Anker's upset because it, like they get there and Anker's like my drum kit's here and they're like whoa holy shit and they're like we did that obviously stop being a pussy and they get on stage and they start playing and then the three of them who are making fun of Anker so Rachel, Chris, and Caleb they, mid-song, stop playing, and they just kind of, like, freeze, and they kind of, like, flail a little bit, and they kind of, like, robotically, like, turn and stuff in unison, and Anker is freaking the fuck out, and then it turns out it's just a prank. Um And Anker is pissed, which I can't blame him. Like, he's already, he's upset about this for, like, his spiritual religious reasons. Like, he feels basically like he's spinning on people's grave, um by doing this with them and he's already like kind of the like more sensitive of the group which is not and i'm not saying that negatively like he's the more um morally correct I, I rather um because the others just don't give a fuck um and throughout the whole thing you can tell he's the one who's like the least into this punk rock shit but um after they do all that anker's like fuck this i'm out and he leaves then we get these they they take out these uh, sex dolls that are stuffed with jello. And this is this is part of the story too is that the bitch cats couldn't leave because they were trampled to death by their fans. So they throw all of these bitch cat sex dolls filled with jello on the ground and stomp on them and the jello is just like exploding everywhere. Uh, and it's just super fucked up. And I was like, this is obviously not going to go over well. We're art- like, we're in a horror movie We've we've been talking about these bitch cats ghosts. Anker's been throwing those vibes out there. Like, it's not gonna end well. So they're doing that. Caleb gets just taken up, just like yeeted into the sky and blood just fucking rains down. And then the camera gets picked up by someone and it's the undead bitch cats and they look fucking awesome. Like, I just love the way they're designed. It's amazing. Like, again, they're not going to spend a million trillion dollars on a segment that's only going to last like 20 minutes, but I fucking wish they would have because it looks good as is, but it would have looked 50 times better if they were able to get like better makeup and shit like that. And again, I think that's kind of why the lighting is bad um by bad i mean it's not a very bright segment um but they do their little player die thing again and it's really cool because they're it, like they're using rack's camera to do it but then we get the overlap of when they were alive and doing it and it like switches back and forth it's super cool so then we get chris running from bitch cat um gets literally shredded um, And this is probably my biggest complaint about this segment. Like I said, they're not going to spend a billion trillion dollars. Um, Man, but they really could have used some better visuals. Like, this is just such a cool story with some cool undead bitch cats. And it could have been even better if they would have just spent a little bit of extra money on this segment and the effects. Um, But then you get these undead bitch cats, like, chirping, which is fucked up and weird and you just, I don't I'm, if something is chirping at me and it's not a bird, I'm gonna freak the fuck out. Um, so then we see that Anker did not make it out. He's trapped. Anker is like he's kind of like pressed up against this corner and this desk. He's definitely in between a rock and a hard place. And he brought some stuff with him and I don't know what it is exactly. Um, but it's some kind of cleansing thing and he's kind of like be at rest spirits you know be gone and throws it at them and then everything goes and he is like hyperventilating poor little Anker he didn't even want to be here it's not his fault so he starts hyperventilating and then everything goes dark and warbly on him uh and we get kind of like cuts from the beginning rack sequence every time one of these guys dies uh so since Anker's dead Chris is dead Caleb's dead it's Rachel's turn and she's kind of the ringleader so I get why we saved her for last. There's some fun chase sequences here. Um, but she is eventually dismembered off screen and the parts are thrown back onto the screen and the bitch cats are like trying to piece her back together. And it's just some good morbid humor. Like they're like, like you can just like the bitch cats don't talk. They just make weird like raptor sounds now. And they're like, confusedly like putting the arm and the leg in different places and it's it's so funny but then they display all of Rack's dead bodies uh on the stage and make them play a show dead and it is so cool man it's so cool like I said I really wish they had spent money on these segments like on this one because like if the visuals were better it'd be perfect Then we get, uh, after that, that's kind of the end of that segment, then we get a brief army man bit, and the army man bits are so funny, because- (laughs) because it's, like, this Nazi is trying to, like, get smokes from the commander, and the commander's pissed off at the Nazi, and the Nazi's like, listen, I'm your prisoner of war, just because we're enemies doesn't mean we can't be friends (laughs) and shit, and it's literally, like, one guy playing with these figurines by himself, and you can tell he's not, like, a seven-year-old, he's, like, an actual, like- a fucking teenager and it's just really funny so after the brief army bit we get suicide bid that's the next segment um which is apparently a sorority term i went to a college that did not allow sororities or fraternities apparently uh the college had previously had them but they became so toxic that they decided to get rid of them uh and you know Good, good choice on their part. Whatever. Uh, and if this is what sororities are like, definitely they should all be getting ri- gotten rid of. Um, but s- <laughs> Helen is the best in this one. Helen is um, Lily's best friend. And they're both kind of like shy girls. And they're both kind of like sheltered girls. You know, home hometown Christian type girls. Um, and Lily goes into bitch mode on her, because Helen's like, those girls... So, H- Lily wants to put in a suicide bid. Basically, for sororities, the The term is like, instead of applying to multiple sororities, you apply to just one. Um, and that's called a suicide bid, because if they, de- you know, reject you, then that's it. And Lily wants to be in with them, because they're like the mean girls on campus, and why anyone would fucking want that, I don't know. Um... But she, she wants to be with them. And Helen's like, those girls don't even really like you. They're assholes, basically. They, you know, they're not going to be nice to you. And Lily was like, basically is like, we'll see about that kind of shit. So then we cut to night and there's this jeep pulling in to this place, right? And Lily gets out of this jeep and she is drunk as shit. And then we're basically, we're in a graveyard now. Uh, We're in a tomb, basically. You get this bad feeling. Um, I definitely fucking hate this. Um, you know where this is going already. Like, if you've got two brain cells to rub together, you're like, ah, fuck. Um, and these girls are definitely the worst. So you're like, they're gonna, they're, they're doing this. So they talk about the legend of, uh, I don't know how to say it. Guilty, 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 guilty. I can't even. I forget how they say it. It's just written down here, but I forget how they say it. Um, And they're basically talking about there was once this girl who basically was like, Lily wanted to be in the sorority, so they buried her alive. um, And that was supposed to be, like, the way to get into the sorority, the hazing. And um, instead of them digging her out in time, she died there um and they're like basically um she waits for her friendship kind of is the thing which is so fucking sad that's like the saddest ghost and they're explaining this to her in this like mausoleum very nice one and they're encouraging her to drink more so then you're automatically like mm, th- mm, it's not gonna end well um and definitely we get this hazing prank where they're like you have to sit in this coffin overnight Um, I think she has to be in there for like six hours now at this point. And they're like, there's enough air in there. You should be fine. If you want to quit, you can just ring this bell because they have like a bell on a string. And you can just ring this bell and we'll unbury you. Like, it's no big deal. And they don't put like a ton of soil on it. They just put like a, a, like, maybe like an inch or like six inches across the top. Just enough to make it so that you can't see the casket, essentially. And it's not like a very well-made casket because this is just for a prank. So it's not a literal airtight casket. It's like plywood that's been, you know, stacked together. And yeah, it's it's not a good situation. Um, they say that they all had to do it. I don't fucking believe them. They give her a camera, though, and this box um and they fucking suck i hate these girls they're like we want you to film your experience in there if you feel like you're gonna give up just open this box and it will give you the courage what's inside will give you the courage you need to continue forth or whatever the fuck and they're just they're the worst they're liars i hate them 100 percent think they deserve death but anyway um they bury her um and we get like time lapse on the camcorder inside the coffin which is great um but we just kind of see, like, it, and it's good because, like, we can kind of see Lily's progression of how long it takes, basically, for her to lose it. Um, and she's in there, and she's monologuing, basically, just to keep sane. And she's monologuing to herself and to Helen, basically. And she's down there, and they say that, like, you know... Uh, guillotine that's her name guillotine you can hear guillotine uh knocking on your coffin when you're down there so of course they're up top above the grave and they're they've got this big stick that they're banging on the coffin with and they're like ha 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 ha, so fucking funny (sighs) (sighs) bitches so um she gets too scared and opens the box and there are live fucking spiders in this box and they're not like tiny ass little baby spiders they're like wolf spiders they're freaking huge, man. And, like, I get that this is a hazing prank, guys, but, like, what in the absolute fuck? You could have gotten fake spiders. Why did you get real spiders? How did these bitch-ass girls put real spiders inside of this box? Like, I don't believe they did that. These girls are prissy little freaks. And there's no way that they put these spiders in this box. I, I don't believe it. Also, that's fucked up. Um, she freaks out, of course, and pulls the rope to ring the bell, Um, but it's raining above and the police show up to the graveyard. So the sorority girls bail and they take the fucking bell. These assholes take the bell because they're not supposed to be here. And the one girl is like, I think her dad owns the graveyard or is the graveyard keeper or something like that. She's like, my dad will lose his job if we're found here, blah, blah, blah. So when the police show up, they have, they like book it. They're like, we'll just come unbury her in the morning. Like, it'll be fine. She's gonna be fine in there. Like, we, you know, she's got enough air. So, um, of course, because it's raining, I get the shivers. It's just bad stuff. Um, the cops don't hear Lily in the coffin because of the rain. You know, they took the bell and she's banging on the coffin, but they can't hear it because it's pouring. Um, and Lily apologizes to Helen via the video camera and she's like, I should have listened to you. Like, these girls are basically shitheads which at least we can acknowledge that they're pieces of just absolute human scum. Um, and she's like, I'm sorry, Helen, you, you're my only real friend. You know, I should have listened to you. And then the coffin starts to creak. And then it breaks and then it starts filling with water. Which I expected the whole burial thing and them leaving her there. And I expected Giltine to be here, too, but I didn't expect the filling with water thing. That was a really good touch, and it it gave my hydrophobia, like, I just wanted to throw up and die. Um, and then, of course, because it's filling in with water, she starts screaming, and the screaming is kind of what triggers guiltine to see you and hear you um, and come at you, and she's not looking great. Like I said, these are short segments. They're not putting a ton of money toward them, so she doesn't look very real it's definitely just yeah anyway but uh i can hang with it um so guilty and is like being all weird all over poor lily coffins filling with water and dirt and water and then cut to morning the sorority girls are standing around the fucking hole and it is filled with water one sorority girl out of the like five dives in to see if Lily's okay and they find that the coffin is empty um the lead girl goes down and verifies and she says you know it's empty you know something happened to Lily we're not going to speak about this ever um and then we cut tonight and they're all in fucking coffins good for Lily (laughs) they're all in coffins um They, uh, it's so funny, because, like, she's basically like, I made a deal with Guiltine. I promised her you bitches instead of me. So, uh, yeah, you get to be Guiltine's friend for fucking ever now. Woohoo, sisters. (laughs) Am I right? Sorority sisters. Good for Lily. It's a good ending for her. Um, kind of, but not really. I'm still so sad about Helen and her and their friendship. But, um, yeah, really good segment. I liked it. Um, only complaint about it is Guiltine's look. Other than that, it rocks. Um, I mean, everything is well played and it's very viscerally unsettling. Um, and it genuinely, like I said, genuinely made me sad just because I don't like bullying. I don't fucking like that shit. And then on top of that, she, like, was mean to her best friend from her hometown who had stuck with her through thick and thin, basically, and then fucking died. Like, that's the saddest shit to me. Um... Then we get another weird army segment, and I love them, again, because they're so dumb and so funny. Like, like he's just, like, <laughs> running people over in this tank and screaming. It's just dumb. And then uh, we get Ozzy's Dungeon. Um, The host is so spot on for this. So, basically, back... When I was growing up in the 90s, there were a ton of, like, kids game shows on television. Like an ass load for no good reason. Um, I think they're still a thing today. I'm not really sure. Um, But we had a ton and one of them was, like, temple themed. Um, And this is basically Ozzy's Dungeon is kind of temple themed. Um, And kids would go on these game shows and they would win prizes and the hosts would make stupid quips and stuff. Some of them were borderline inappropriate. Most of them were okay. Some of them were just stupid. Um, But it's basically, like, to draw in kids. Um, And it's so accurate, and I hate it. And the host is a fucking asshole, and I hate it, but whatever. Um, So, during this segment, there's this girl, Donna, who is trying to go through this obstacle course and win. She, like, breaks her leg in fucking half at the shin uh like you can see her bone and it's gnarly and the meat and the guy whose host is just like playing it off like it's a joke and he has like the emergency team come pick her up on a stretcher and they drop her and it's just it's so stupid um r.i.p to donna's leg it's not great um and i think that this part of this segment goes on way too long for me and And I think this segment in general just goes on way too long with not enough payoff. Um, I understand completely what they were trying to do. It just... It it doesn't work for me. Um, So, like I said, Donna does her best. She's trying to win because, you know... She's poor, basically, and the host makes a joke about her finances, and, like, on TV, like, other kids are there, other kids are watching this segment, you feel so bad for her. There's, like, this mystical, also, there's, like, this mystical, this is so random, mystical buff she-warrior, um, standing there. She's a female bodybuilder in real life, and the fact that they got her to do this is the funniest thing to me, but also, it's great that she's just fucking there, um, there's, like, a tad bit of mystery to this whole thing. And, like, the wishes. Um, and, like, so basically the idea is you go through this dungeon, you or you win, you go into Do- Ozzy's dungeon, and you can ask for one wish. Um, and it's any wish can get granted, essentially. Um, and, like... If you're thinking about it from like this is not a horror movie, that's fucked up. Don't just say like your one wish can get granted no matter what it is. Like you can't just promise kids that. But because this is a horror movie, of course there's some mystery magical sh- bullshit going on. So technically they can. But um, they they're going through um the obstacle course and he calls one segment of it Ozzy's orifices, and like what the fuck? Like I fully acknowledge that if. There was a place called Ozzy's Dungeon, and this really was a 90- Probably, probably it would be called Ozzy's Orifices, because why the fuck not? And this is the 90s, and I don't know why, but they are just allowed to do shit like that back then, and be, like, borderline inappropriate like that. But whatever, it's basically just, like, this dirty, gross obstacle course. You're crawling through random stuff. You have to go through Ozzy's belly and then get pooped out, basically, it's really weird. I I don't know. But um, in the middle of that, that's when she breaks her leg. Uh, and then we cut to this dirty, gross room. And there's this fake, shitty Aussie's Dungeon set. And the host of the actual Aussie's Dungeon show is in a dog crate. Um, and it turns out Donna's family kidnapped him, which... We get good shots during um, Donna's run through Ozzy's Dungeon's obstacle course of her mom, and her mom definitely seems like an overbearing psychopath, um, and she is. Um, Donna, apparently, because she is so poor, her leg never got treated, and it is fucking gross. It looks like rotting meat. It's awful, and I do like it, but um, the mom is basically blaming the host for being a fucked up piece of shit. And he's like, listen, I just do what I'm told. Um, mom doesn't like that. So she makes the host go through this fucked up version of um, the games and obstacle course. Um, and if he doesn't do it, she's got like a bottle of acid that will clearly eat away his skin. She like demonstrates how it eats away metal. So she's basically like, you're going to do that or I'm going to throw this at you. Um, so he does um he goes through and it's basically like like an idiot's version of a saw trap um he just goes through this stupid dungeon that he's like you know naked swimming through actual pee and poop getting stabbed by shards of glass just dumb stuff and then um she, donna's mom is still not happy with this the outcome so she's gonna pour she's gonna put the her plan is to put the acid in a needle and then inject it into the host's face but he's like no, no no i can take you to ozzy's dungeon even though they're like the show's been canceled you're a fucking liar and he's like i know the show's been canceled but i can still take you there it's an actual place it's still there and you can get your wish um which he he says no one's ever won don Do, ozzy's dungeon um, so he has no idea how the wish making works. He doesn't know any of that. He just knows you can make a wish. So, um, they they agree. They go to the where the set is, and the set stuff is still there, including the she-warrior. She fucking opens the door to the dungeon, <laughs> and it's just so funny to be this like she-warrior. It's just her only job is the door. That's it. She's so fucking buff and like scary looking. She just. She's the doorman. She's the butler. Um, But it's an actual cave behind that, like, the door. Um, So they're going through this cave. They go to a room in the cave with some weirdos doing worship of a super fat, weird person, lady dude thing on a bed. Um, And the host is like, go ahead, make your wish. So Donna makes her wish after being wheeled over to this fat, gross blob thing. And, and you don't get to know what the wish was, but the host and both the parents get eviscerated by this thing that comes out of the fat thing's stomach. And Donna is pleased, and that's the end of the segment. Like I said, not really strong in horror, and it's not even really strong in humor, in my opinion. Um, and it's my, it's definitely just the weakest entry, but it was very good at replicating the game show shit, like, the kids game show shit. Um... And, yeah, I'm going to spend the least time on this segment because it, it just, there's not much to say about it positively. And I don't like saying negative things about stuff, um, unless it's, like, morally bad. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, then we get to cut to the soldiers. And the soldiers are actually our intro into the Gawkers, um, which is the next segment. Um, so this kid is basically... Recording these soldiers via his big bros cam and then uh, The brother takes the video camera back and then we see dumb teen boys doing dumb stuff You know, they're skateboarding and all this kind of thing. They're doing gross pervy stuff The one kid breaks his wrist and it is so fucking funny that part um They refer to their one friend exclusively as Boner, too, which I think is hilarious. And Boner is my favorite character in this segment because he's such a fucking idiot. Um, But yeah, they're creeping on their hot neighbor lady, um, which is honestly kind of like most of the segment is the boys being boys and being dumb and creeping on this hot neighbor lady. Um, And the little bro is outside, they notice, and he's trying to rollerblade. And they're like what an idiot he looks so dumb can't believe he looks so dumb right in front of the hot neighbor lady because she's outside taking out her trash and she notices him and starts talking to him and then she takes him into her house and of course they're like what so um the brother says he'll the little brother's like yeah i'll help you set up your you know Website your web stuff, your fucking computer shit, and the friends of idiocy convince the little brother to ins- install spyware into her webcam. Um, so they they convince him, they're like, Well, you know, you'll be one of the bros basically. So he does, uh, reluctantly. Um, they chill for a while, waiting for her to get naked to go shower. And the little brother is clearly he's upset that he did this. This is like instant regret. Um, so she's- so she takes off her shirt and stuff, and the little brother is upset, and then she starts doing some weird, weird shit. She, you're like, what the fuck? She takes off her wig, and there's snakes coming out of her hair, and this is the best line to me, because they're like, holy shit, they call the police on this lady for being fucking Medusa, and they are like- talking to the 911 operator and he's like oh yeah this lady's got snakes coming out of her head and the 911 operator just goes how many snakes sir and the way he, the way he delivers the line is so good cuz it's so deadpan he's like she's got snakes coming out of her head and he's just like how many snakes sir and you're like that's that's not what you need to be asked like you need to be asking him where at, so you can. S- it's just you're like that is not what a nine one one operator should be doing. It's just good. All of it's good. Everything about that like nine one one call is good. This is like the funniest segment to me. Anyway, Medu- Medusa figures out that they're watching her, and she does not like it. She busts through the fucking house and starts doing some murder. She rips Boner up, um, and she turns the brothers into stone. Um, it is not very scary, but it's very fun, and I think it's a really cool concept in general. And then we get to- and- and- sorry, before we continue, I will say this segment is worth watching just because of how fucking funny it is. Like, it- yeah, it's just so funny. If you're someone- if you're a bro or someone who had brothers growing up, who- like, I was around my older brother and his friends a lot growing up, um- so I had a lot of like bros in my life and it just cracks me up because I'm like, yeah, I could see the bro- bros being like this, like it was just ca- like them calling the one guy boner the whole time. It's so fucking funny. Anyway, we get the best segment fucking ever, um, and it's called To Hell and Back. Um, And it's these two dudes, and they're documenting this coven, do this ritual that's supposed to summon this demon. um, And they intend to place a demon inside of a person, and they're calling him from the other realm, whatever the fuck that is. Um, And so they're, like, they're gathered around this table, and it's exclusively women, the, the head witch has a husband who helps them set things up. And they're basically... They really are just, like, documenting. Like, they're talking to the witches. They're asking questions. They're asking the husband questions. Um, they have someone who is literally willing to be, like, quote-unquote, the vessel. Which is fucking weird to me. Because, like... Uh... Anyway, cults are weird. Um, so they're doing their chant. They're doing the ritual. We get this fun jump scare... Um, and it's so fucking funny to me, like, everything about this segment is so good because it's so weird, and, like, aside from the two bros who are, like, filming, everyone acts like everything is normal, like, everyone acts like, like, this is the usual shit going on, so, like, the fucking- the fucking witches are summoning, we get this fun jump scare, and it's not the demon they want- and the head witch is like, is that Fergus again? And they're like, oh, Fergus. Fucking Fergus. Basically, like, they're trying to call this other demon. And Fergus just keeps jumping in. And they're like, this fucking idiot. So they cast the unwanted demon out. and Or the unwanted spirit, I guess you would say. And these two guys get grabbed by him. And they accidentally get dragged to hell. And there's just too many fun lines in this segment. Like, let me just tell you... All the lines in this segment are fucking gold. Um, like, it, there's not a single piece of dialogue that doesn't, like... It's just... It's just... It hits so good. Um, and I love this set. I love all the creepy things. Love the giant demon in the sky. Love all the weird rocks. The red atmosphere. Um, it's just... The whole thing is super cool. Um, someone waves at them. A person... Uh, and she decides to help them. Um, this person, they're, like, telling her, like, hey, we're lost. We don't know what the fuck is going on. This is what happened. And she, they're, like, some some Guguba person. And he, she's, like, do you mean Uguban? And they're, like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. They're trying to summon Uguban. So they ask her to bring them to Uguban because they're, like, if they summon Uguban, and actually do it then like if we grab onto Uguban while he's being summoned then we can also go back to our dimension um since i mean the reverse happened they figure you know it can happen the same way yeah in reverse um so she agrees um but they she she says they must write her name in the book that the witches have and they're like what's your name and her name is mabel the skullbiter and i fucking love mabel the skullbiter (laughs) She steals the whole fucking movie. Mabel is just, she's this, like, fucking wretched, ratchet, like, garbly-voiced woman who's just, like, creeping through hell, basically. I love her. Uh, We get to see lots of fucked up shit, too, which is super, super fun. They're running around trying to keep up with Mabel, and Mabel's basically, like, (laughs) Mabel's basically, like, (laughs) keep up man (laughs) keep up man she's just like running around and they're like ah Mabel so uh they see a big trap and they then they see like a little trap and it's just like really cool because like she, she basically explains like everyone here is trying to eat other souls because they're in hell so she's like your souls are fresh um for the demons because you just got here so um be careful and they're gonna smell you way better than they smell me because i've been here for like ever and a half which she doesn't talk like that she talks really like fucking old englishy which i love um anyway so they run off and they find some demons some very fun ones and fucking mabel comes in to save them she goes why do thou scream like cowards <laughs> she literally <laughs> they're just like what? Like, the one guy is, like, basically, like, turns into a complete toddler and is like, Mabel is my mother now. And the other guy's like, should we trust her? And he's like, yeah, that's my fucking mom now, is the attitudes. And she definitely, I mean, she is the mom here. She she wears the pants in hell, man. She's fucking great. She just rips these demons apart. Um, And then she's like, follow me. And they're they get to the entrance of Ugabon's dwelling and they have to crawl through, like, this webbing and this, like, bones and like it's crunching and it's just gross and they get to the other side and he's like the guy who's holding the camera is just disgusted he's like uh. and Mabel goes quiet man and when she does it she's crouched like a fucking crab and she's got this like helmet of webbing and it's so funny just like the physicality of it you got to see it it's so good Mabel's physicality in this cannot be beat this actress fucking nails it i love her so much she does like little golem shit and just like she's so cute um they they meet this little demon thing that has like a baby devil spear um and they fight with it um they kill it and the two bros are like arguing this whole time in hell because they just are so finally they kind of like reconcile right before they go um and they're like mabel come with us Because that's their mom now. Um, And she is going to. But then she gets stabbed by a demon. And she's like kind of like I'll hold them off. Write my name. Don't forget to write my name. So they go back to their world right. And Ugabon did not get summoned properly. Um, One of the guys is now in the vessel. So the coven kills that guy. And then they start killing the other guy. Uh, and the guy who pretty much adopted Mabel first, um, and is her child, he crawls over to the book and writes Mabel's name in blood. And I fucking love everything about this segment. Um, we get some cool, like, after, after credit scenes, basically. So we cut to the battery dying in the Gawker house. Um, and then at the end of the credits, we hear the witches summoning Mabel. (laughs) Just fucking love it. Melanie Stone that's the actress's name I fucking love her I would summon her in two seconds she's she's freaking she's so good in this one so so good um but that's basically VHS 99 is it 99 Jesus fuck I'm so bad they keep yeah it's 99 hell man they gotta stop giving things numerals like this because I am not going to remember. It's not like these are like 1 and 2. This is like fucking 99, 95, 88. And they come out differently too. So like 95 came out first. 99 came out second. And then I think 88 is the next one that's going to come out next month. So there's not really like you, you really have to Google this shit in order to figure out what the hell is happening. Not that they really follow a linear line. You can kind of watch them in whatever order. But even to just know which one I'm talking about. I've gotta keep my I got to keep my wits about me. Um, but anyway, that's VHS 99, 100% worth the watch, even if it's just for fucking Mabel, dude. Mabel the Skullbiter, she, she's fucking, she's just the best. I love her. I, I, I want to be her best friend. I want her to be my mom. Not that I need, like, not that I'm replacing my mom, I just want an additional mom and it's gonna be Mabel. Because she's just fucking awesome. But, uh, yeah. Bitch Cat's worth it. Mabel's worth it. They definitely bookended, I think, with their two strongest segments. Because Bitch Cat, even though it's not as fun as To Hell and Mac, um, Shredding is still a really fun segment. You get that cool music, those cool visuals, um, you get the fun story, and then with the end, the visuals are amazing. Um, And then you get Mabel, and then I think too, I think it's Troy and Nate are the two guys, and they're they're, they're squabbling through hell is so funny um, just everything about it is really good and and it really is like it would be a terrifying situation and everything about it's like there's spooky shit happening but they're just being so fun and goofy like I just I fucking love it um, anyway that's VHS 99 I don't know what I'm going to review next um, I want to get my hands eventually on the original two VHS t- uh, films just because I want to review those as well um, that won't be happening anytime soon, or at least I doubt it will. Um, what else? Um, I've been doing some streaming over on Rumble. so check that out. Once I get up to a hundred followers over on Rumble, I will start streaming with my camera because I'm I'm like if it, I'm under 100 followers, I'm so sorry, but like it's not worth it for me to fuck around for a few hours to figure out how to put my face my dumb fucking face in the corner of your screen but if i have a hundred or more followers i guess i can figure it out anyway uh so check that out over on rumble up the moon podcast um i also am on the late show with sophomore john a lot um i'm posting this on tuesday uh september 5th so i should be on tonight over there playing overwatch with radiant dawn and possibly uh yoki or t as we call her uh or and probably tomorrow night as well uh so check those things out um i don't think i'm doing i don't think there's anything else i need to really announce so uh that's it take care guys uh beware of witches and covens and cults uh beware of sororities which are pretty much the same thing and as always beware the moon